Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Spiritual Insights with Charlotte Spicer. Spirituality and Metaphysics Talk Radio, featuring a course in miracles, dream interpretation, guided meditation, and the psychic and metaphysics free-for-all. It's your opportunity to consult with a professional psychic medium, discuss past lives, the chakras, and more. We are non-denominational, and there are no limits. Want to change your life? You must first change your mind. 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 No matter your religious structure, cultivate peace in your reality through self-awareness with an authentic spiritual teacher. And now, your host, Charlotte Spicer. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to tune in to Spiritual Insights. Our guest today is Sarion Michael White, and if you've never heard of him, he is an amazing, amazing human being. His lifelong devotion to the practice of channeling has led to extraordinary breakthroughs in consciousness that have helped make the invisible realms a much more accessible experience for his audience. He is known for his integrity and his credibility, and This is what sets him apart from other speakers on these subjects. Uh, He has been exploring non-physical reality for more than two decades as an out-of-body traveler and is as knowledgeable about the unseen as any expert in any earthly field of study. Sarion has become an expert on the afterlife by actually traveling there and making non-physical observations about earth life and what lies beyond it. He appeared previously on Spiritual Insights in March 2014, and if you missed that amazing discussion about angels, archangels, and the Arcturians, that archive is available. So today, he returns to the show to discuss the School of Manifestation. So welcome back to the show, Sarion. It's great to have you. Thank you. It's great to be here. So we had a great time the last time talking about everything that you do and your speaking engagements, and then you had a very successful one shortly after our segment. And now the next phase is the School of Manifestation. Um, Tell us why you created this. Well, I didn't create this, or maybe my higher self was involved, but really it was a creation of the Ascended Masters. And there was a lot that went into the design, the concept and energy of this, and the design of the different courses that were going to occur. So when I was drawn into this multidimensional project as a facilitator, it was because I had reached a point in my own training where this was the next step, was facilitating groups of people in their link-ups and training with the Ascended Masters, angels, archangels, Arcturians. And so the Master Saint Germain came to me, and he's the one that introduced the School of Manifestation and began to lay out the framework for you know, what this was going to be. And so the first time that I channeled a course, which was a, a telecourse, and I had people, probably about 100 people worldwide participating over the web, mm-hmm. uh, that was the, the beginning for me of a whole new process of working with the masters and facilitating groups. So by the end of the first five-week course, that was kind of like the inauguration of the School of Manifestation. So that first group helped to sort of anchor 
the energy of it and opened the doorway for everything else that was to come. And quite a few of those people stayed with me through the next two courses that came after that. There was the teachings from the Arcturian Ancient Seven, which was a seven-week course. The Arcturians actually came in in the first five-week course and were with us for two weeks. And these were guides that I had never consciously met before. So it was a, a new experience as a channel to have guides I had never met before coming in in the middle of a course you know, at that time, I was working with Mother Mary, Jesus, St. Germain as the three primary teachers in the School of Manifestation. And then, you know, more guides just started showing up. So it was really exciting. And the Arcturians announced that they were going to be teaching the next course after that, which they did. And then because the Arcturians are seamlessly integrated with their angelic counterparts, and they're seeing that our evolutionary process spiritually is... Uh, parallel to, to theirs in that way that we are also becoming integrated with the angelic realms and embodying a connection to the angelic presence in the way that they do. The next course after that, which is a 12-week course, naturally was all about working within your angelic blueprint and angelic integration. So all three of those courses together, along with some of the videos that I've added in, which were filmed in Sarasota, Florida, of some of my presentations there at the Cosmic Center, that now comprises a full seven-month program with the School of Manifestation. And I've actually just begun channeling the work for a one-year program. So I'm about uh, a little less than a month into channeling a live one-year program for a, a whole new group of people that is journeying with me in the Ascended Masters in a one-year training. And mm. that eventually will also become available to people. People will be able to do a full one-year training program with the Ascended Masters. And, you know, all of it is a surprise to me. So I don't know what they're going to teach. I'm as much a student of the School of Manifestation as I am. Uh, well, they, they would say that I'm... Yeah, I'm, I'm a facilitator, and they would say that I'm a model student because I literally do get downloads and go through my own sort of healings and evolution where I sort of model the teachings that are coming in slightly ahead of, of the group. So I'm able to kind of talk about and lead people through what's possible for them as an experience right. because I'm assimilating these teachings without any kind of um, you know, egoic resistance that would prevent me from continuing to accelerate in a, a really profound way. So, yeah, it's, it's a fun ride, and I'm, I'm just blessed to be able to share the journey with people. And right now what we're doing is that even though people can take the first three courses on their own through the website, it's all kind of automated now, it's, I think, a little more interesting to do it with a group. And so I've been putting together a new group of people to journey through the School of Manifestation courses together so that way they can comment on the website with each other and share feedback about the courses and post mm -hmm. questions that I respond to. And then I have also added a new webcast series specifically for this group. And so once a month for the seven-month program while people are doing the courses that are already automated as telecourses on the website, they get to participate in this live webcast once a month for seven months, and it's going to be a Defense Against the Dark Arts class. It's all about psychic self-defense and how to protect yourself 
and what's out there, what are we really facing as, as light workers in the invisible realms, and really understanding our true power in mm-hmm. uh, relating to those things. So it's going to be a lot of fun. People that haven't taken any of the courses can, if they want to, subscribe to the Defense Against the Dark Arts series of webcasts. Uh, if they want, if people have already done a couple of courses, then they can subscribe to that separately as well without participating in the whole seven-month program. Um, but it's, it's there partly as a, you know, a way to gift something live to the people coming in doing the full seven-month program as a group because we do really kind of connect energetically a lot through these webcasts. It, it really comes through as like an energetic transmission from the guides and people really do feel it, and they feel connected with the group energy, and it's always a lot of fun. It sounds like a lot of fun. Um, I just yeah. have I have quite a few questions, and uh, I hope several of these echo the thoughts of the listeners um, that I want to ask you. Uh, first thing I want to clarify, well, let me, actually, let me back up. Listeners, if you would like to call in and ask Sarion a question about any of the things that he just mentioned, feel free. Dial area code 347-934-0751. We'd love to hear your thoughts and uh, get your questions answered for you. But you said that the first three courses that you did are still available. So people can still participate in that. That's not a lost opportunity. Am I correct? That is correct. They, They are on the website. People could actually just go to the website, uh, which is theschoolofmanifestation.com, and they can purchase a course, and it just links them right in. They create a profile and activate their profile, and then they immediately start getting the emails that will take them through each week to the uh, material for the course. And then they can also always post questions onto, it's kind of like a Facebook feed in the internal part of the website that people can log into. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of transformational fun. And if you read the testimonials, uh, people rave about the quality of the content. And people regularly tell me that they got so much out of these courses. And it's better than anything else out there that they've tried. It's like this. And, you know, for the amount of money that, that they're paying for, it's like really low cost by comparison. So they always say that the content is way better and it's way more um, affordable. And I, I really had the intent of, of making it that way. And I feel the masters through me had the intent of, of setting it up this way to where I would, you know, be supportive for the, you know, quite a large time commitment that I've put into it, but also mm-hmm. it is very affordable for people. And so even with this upcoming whole seven-month program, it's, it's a seven-month program. There's three workshops. There's videos, and there's the live webcast series once a month with the Psychic Self-Defense, and that's only $333, and mm-hmm. you get to bring a friend. So you can gift somebody else the entire program so that you have a partner to do the courses with you because that's always fun when you can actually talk with somebody and and have conversations with people about the material because it just brings it to life when you can talk with people about it. So Mm -hmm. I wanted people to be able to have conversations with somebody else that they were taking the courses with 
because I think you get way more out of it because if it's just you and you're absorbing all this stuff and you can't talk with anybody about your insights and your ideas and what's coming up for you, then uh-huh. it's kind of a, it's a missed opportunity. So I want people to be able to have conversations in the real world about these insights and ideas and, and things like that. So if people register, then they can bring a friend. If they don't have anyone they want to get this to or that wants to do it with them, then they can give a gift to the scholarship list and they can gift the other option to a stranger who is in need. And that way, uh, you know, if somebody is not able to, you know, register or, you know, pay the money, then they can always request a scholarship. I do occasionally get people requesting scholarships and, uh, it, you know, some, sometimes it just works out that way that they are able to receive a gift from somebody else coming in that gifted their other position. So it's a beautiful exchange that way. Uh, it's kind of a co-manifestation process. And then the mm-hmm. other thing is that you can always split the cost too. $333, that breaks down to $166.50 per person if you split the tuition with a friend and you register together. And that is that is a really low cost for something like this. So that's like it, really unheard of. That That's less than what some people charge for a, a one-day intensive or a weekend intensive. And I agree with you that having someone to talk about these experiences and revelations with um, is beneficial because there's strength in numbers and it amplifies the energy and it kind of lets it take hold and you get to um, what's the what words do I want to choose here when you talk about something or write about something it kind of makes it concrete and brings exactly. it exactly I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about and I think most people understand that idea too that you know when you actually have a way to um, express. You know, ex- express it, you know, and put it out there in your own words. It actually helps to organize your own thoughts in a certain way. You know, when you put it into a description that is, um, you know, resonating for you. Yes, and it helps you mm-hmm. also. I, I felt that, uh, for me, it helped me take ownership of whatever revelation or experience I would have because it's all internal. And then you can always, you always have the option, like the mind can say, well, maybe it was real, or you try to rationalize it in some way, but this helps you take ownership and say, okay, this came from within, this is my revelation, this is my message just for me, and help you kind of believe the truth of yourself. Is Did I say that in yes. a way that's understandable? Okay. Exactly, Yeah. I also donate 10% of everything that I make to charity, including all of the private sessions that I do. So everything I do, I donate 10% to charity. Hmm. That's why you're doing so well. Speaking of time, um, you've had several time frames. There's weeks. Okay, this, I want everybody to understand it's a seven-month course, but it's not intensive in that they have to disrupt their routines. What time frames do they participate? And, of course, it doesn't have to be live. It's a telecourse. So yeah, the, the convenience the program, factor is there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The program starts this Sunday. So this Sunday will be the very first live webcast out of the series of seven, which will be about psychic self-defense. And okay. everyone that signs up, whether you're just only going to subscribe to the psychic self-defense course 
or if you're doing the whole seven-month program. Uh, either way, the first live webcast is at, see, for people on the East Coast, it would be 9 p.m. Okay. Uh, this coming Sunday. So that is the beginning of, of the program, and on that Monday, the, yeah, the next Monday, people would get their first emails letting them know that uh, the first week of the first course, which is the Allowing Divine Manifestation course, is available. Now they can go in and listen to that anytime they want because the content is basically uh, you know, made available week by week. You know, Every Monday people will get an email and uh, it takes them into the website and they can read the channeled messages from the masters and angels and then listen mm. to the webcast but they can do that anytime, so there's no schedule. And, of course, you know, if you get behind a little bit, then that's fine. You can always catch up a little bit later. Okay. Um, you know, but people will be able to participate in the live webcast on Sundays at uh, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Eastern, okay. So, and, and so that's only once a month. Okay, so it's not... Um taking away too much time, and, and people can continue. Now, you said they can also read the messages from the Ascended Masters, so that tells me you have each one transcribed and available? It's not transcribed. The, there are totally separate messages. Some of the messages mm -hmm. that I channeled were transcribed, and then there's the live webcasts. Okay. So when I, when I did the, the – well, I mean, it's, for the courses, it's a recording of the live webcast. So when I did those webcasts, that's really a lot of transcribing to do. And so I haven't been able to uh, you know, get that project going yet. But uh, I do sometimes do live channeling on these webcasts, uh, just so like the one I did last night, actually. Yeah, okay. if people want to get a taste of what these are like, actually, I just did one last night. It was a free course, and it was all about uh, Telos, the city beneath Mount Shasta, and the Lemurians there. Uh, fascinating subject, which we go into that a little bit. Uh, last night, I did a, a little bit of a presentation all about Lemuria and Atlantis and healing the wounds of separation from both of those previous civilizations and the uh, inner earth and the people that exist in, well, at least in this case, uh, in the city of Telos beneath Mount Shasta, which is something that is... Um, you know, quite well-known around here, and it's starting to become more well-known in, in other places and spiritual circles, but um, I've had contact with <laughs> these beings in the inner earth, and it's, it's a you know, fascinating experience to learn about um, these beings and the role that they're playing in helping to support our awakening. So I actually did a channeling on that live webcast. So the first half is a presentation, and the second half, I did a channeling from St. Germain and Adama, who is the high priest of Telos. And so if you go to my website, you can click on the recent blog article that's entitled Telos, and you can listen to the recording of the webcast where I give a presentation, and then I did the channeling, which was unexpected. I didn't even know that I was going to do a channeling, but it just kind of happened, which is... <laughs> Well, I know the feeling. <laughs> quite often. So, but if people want to get an idea of like what, what my channeling is like, that's an excellent place to go. Um, you okay. know, check it out. It's on the website now, and you can listen to that, and it gives you a feel for 
the kind of stuff that you would hear in some of these webcasts. Okay. The part of the courses. I'm at the website now, and I was curious as to the spelling of the name of the city, and it's T-E-L-O-S, in case anybody wants to search. But go to uh, theschoolofmanifestation.com. You, have, you offer so much uh, articles. Uh, they can subscribe to your blog and receive notifications, um, all kinds of great topics, so thorough. And the question there's I also, have... There's a, there's a place for people to sign up. I mean, you can obviously subscribe to the blog and get notifications of whenever I post something new. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's actually a, a place to join the global link-up. If you look in the upper menu bar, uh, mm-hmm. you see I have, I have a YouTube channel. I have videos there. I'm you know, yeah. working on putting up some new stuff. And there's a place where you can sign up for the, the global link-up. And that is basically the exclusive email list for when I either announce a new course that's becoming available, which is exciting news, you know, to get mm-hmm. to participate in one of these live, uh, or I do these free webcast events you know, on special occasions. And so I always love to you know, invite a lot of people in to participate in some kind of a, a very activating presentation or a channel transmission so, you know, whenever the masters want to do something through me for, you know, whoever wants to tune in, then um, whoever shows up and is participating is part of the experience because masters actually can see everyone that is listening in and often the channelings are uh, somewhat tailored to the unique group of people. So if you mm-hmm. show up, You know, there could be something really specifically for you in there because the masters know that you're listening and, you know, they, I, you know, say whatever they have me say. Yes, and and you don't know, but, yeah, I've I've been in situations where, you know, you're listening to someone speak and it sounds like they're speaking directly to you and your experience so they know the right words to choose for all the listeners. It's a beautiful process. It really is. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Unbelievable. The uh, webcasts themselves, sorry, on how long are they? You know that the one that I did last night was almost a full two hours, and I actually try not to go that long because you know I know people have busy schedules, and I don't want to you know load up my website with like two hour long things. I, I try to actually keep it uh, less than an hour and a half. Between yeah, an hour, hour and a half, I think is a, is a good amount of time. But yeah. in this case, I ended up channeling Adama, and then Adama passed you know, me over to St. Germain, and then St. Germain was speaking through me for, um, I thought he was only going like, to speak for a few minutes, and he went on for much longer and started going into these different things. And uh, So that was unexpected. So I, I channeled for... I don't know how long I channeled, but it was like almost like the second half of the program was the channel part. And then also people ask questions, which I try to address a few of those, you know, if it doesn't take me too over time. So, yeah, usually it's less than an hour and a half. In this case, it was almost a full two hours. Excellent. Um, yeah, you don't want to go it's, too it's long. Two hours you don't want to miss, though. It's, no, absolutely. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's worth listening to, even if you but, listen to half of it. Actually, usually what I try to do is, because I spend quite a bit of time on doing question answer, because I find that the people that tune into my webcast, 
they ask really great, great questions. A lot of them are very knowledgeable. They're very sharp, and I love answering questions. Yeah. Uh, so I usually will do a presentation for maybe the first hour and then do question and answer for 30 minutes. Right. And, you know, sometimes it goes over. But I try to, when I edit the whole thing, to split it to where you have the presentation as one recording, and then you can click on question and answer and like a separate recording. And so that way people can choose, you know, if they just want to do the main presentation and that's all they have time for, then they have right. that option. That's smart. Yeah, you don't want to get too fatigued when participating. Uh, speaking of questions, there is someone on the line. I don't know that they have a question um, because there's a symbol I would see, but let me check with them really quickly, okay? Sure. Okay. Um, bringing you on the air. Hi. Did you have a question for Starion or did you just want to listen? Okay. There's no one there. The interesting thing is um, during a previous segment where I was discussing uh, something at this level where uh, an ascended master was channeling through somebody, the phone number that popped up, interesting. So I took the call at the end of the show, and what came through was startling, and the number that's on my screen right now matches that number. So I wondered mm. what, what was on the other side, so I was just curious. Okay, because it's, it, the, the number that I'm looking at is impossible. In other words... Mm -hmm. In, in the way that no, phone numbers are created or given out. Anyway, I wanted to ask you about the process of channeling because I recently had an interesting experience with a new guest on the show. And if, if anybody has heard that segment um, where this uh, gentleman, Tom Nasseri, was channeling um, an entity named Abram who had a lifetime in Atlantis, uh, it kind of startled me because he's a trans channel, and it was a situation where the entity took over his um, body, and you could hear a distinct personality. So my question um, a few minutes ago that arose in my mind, what is it like for you? Do they um, kind of take over, or is it you just translate, but you know who you are and where you are? And for me, my conscious awareness kind of just goes to the back of my mind, but I'm fully aware of everything that's happening. What's your experience like? I am a conscious channel for the most part. I have had some really deep sessions before where I was uh, not as present. I still uh, retain most of my memory of what happened, but I really had moved um, you know, pretty far out of the way. And when I do like a live webcast where you know, I'm presenting to people and then I might do a channeling, it's more of a quick switch from one state to another. And so mm -hmm. I, you know, the masters know that I don't really have half an hour to like go into a, a deep uh, trance state to, you know, allow one of them to come through in, in that particular way. So, mm -hmm. you know, we, we have a couple of different methods we've worked out. Now, when I'm channeling for a group of people in a workshop, then if we do 30 minutes of silent meditation or, or 15 or 20 minutes before a whole channel transmission comes through, then that's still going to be a great meditation because we're, it's a group meditation. You know, we're meditating in the presence of the masters even if nothing is being said right away. So I do do those kinds of channelings where it does go really deep and uh, sometimes it takes a while for the masters to sort of link me up in a certain way for something to come through that is um, completely beyond what my mind consciously can grasp. 
So mm-hmm. I always love it when that happens. But when I do something that's like, you know, live on the air or, uh, you know, as a webcast, I am, I am very aware of what's being said. I wouldn't say that I'm just an interpreter because uh, I do surrender control of myself, uh, you know, for the guide coming in. But mm-hmm. also, I am not going to speak as a guide, you know, if it's me speaking. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't say, like, um, that I'm somebody that I'm not, you know. So mm-hmm. if, I, if, I can't, if I can't get into that space, then I'm not going to channel. You know, it has to be that there's a, a deeply surrendered state of consciousness when I channeled Adama, actually, that was the first time I had channeled Adama on that live webcast. I had channeled a combination of his energy and Saint Germain uh, two days before for a live audience. And uh, there was a lot of noise in that room. <laughs> Let's put it that way. There was a kitchen next to that conference room. There was, they were playing country music. They were banging dishes. There was a party in, on like the opposite side of the wall behind me as I was there meditating and channeling. So <laughs> I found it very difficult to go deep enough to do what I did on this uh, call last night. Uh-huh. So St. Germain and Adama's energy, both of them came in, and I was able to uh, channel as a group consciousness like, you know, my higher self and their energies together as a, as a group consciousness. But uh, there was so much distraction, I, I had trouble sort of going uh, deep enough to do, you know, what I had intended to do. But on mm-hmm. this webcast, I sat and I meditated for an hour before uh, Adama's energy came in and paired with mine, where I really got to know his frequency for a full hour before I got on the webcast. And I thought, wow, am I going to channel you? Is this, is this really going to happen? Because I feel like you're, you know, we're, we're kind of ha- having a bit of a handshake here energetically. Yes. Um, I really felt this energy coming in, and sure enough, I, I felt like, okay, I'm just going to go with this and, and mm-hmm. see what wants to happen. And so I said, you know, let's, let's just create some space here to receive transmission from the masters. And I, by that point, you know, people have been listening for an hour, so, you know, if there's nothing going on for five minutes in silence, you know, and, and I, you know, guide people to just receive the energy, then I don't feel, um, you know, self-conscious about just being in silence on the air if it takes a little while. But it only took, I would say, less than five minutes, and then, bam, I was in, and Adama was in speaking, and then St. Germain came in after that, and I really could feel very distinct differences between their energies Whereas before, I was channeling them as sort of a group consciousness, um, mm-hmm. which I think they knew was going to be easier for me given the, the circumstances. But, um, yeah, it's, it's always fascinating. You know, it's, I've had to do this kind of work with, like, you know, dogs barking and lawnmowers going and, um, you know, crazy, you know, neighbors making lots yeah. of noise. And, you know, it's, it's, it's rarely a perfectly peaceful Right. serene environment right. <laughs> for doing and, this type of thing. You know, one day maybe I'll have a, like a soundproof room in the basement that'll be filled with crystals or something. But, there you go. Um, I know. It's, yeah. it's, it's more, it takes practice to really um, disconnect from the external 
and put those sounds so far in the background that they don't bother you. Because, you know, you could be sitting, whatever you're doing, doing what you're doing or meditating, and it's like, oh, and don't even mind the sound of that rototiller, and, or the motorcycle goes by, and it's like, oh, my God. Um, I have a train, actually, near my house that I thought would be um, a part of the show, but I keep the windows closed and the air conditioning on, so it's not. But what I thought to do was um, to help the listeners, if the train sounded, then we would all stop talking, close our eyes, and state an intention such as, I am at total peace with all that is, and use the train whistle as a tool to let go even more. I just, and it didn't happen, but I thought it was a kind of cute idea as a trigger yeah. to make yeah, it go cool. deep. Yeah, use it as a trigger. That's, that's the thing that's helped me the best. Um, like, yeah, um, that's, that's a good idea. When, when you hear a disturbance, Instead of letting it pull you out of whatever you're in, whatever state, use it as a trigger and say, I drop even further in. That's uh, what yeah. helps me. I, I forgot to mention, I'm only just now thinking of this, because when I was sitting there uh, channeling for this audience of maybe about um, 40 people, uh, there was all this noise going on, and there was this fly that was buzzing around, and there were several points during the channeling where the fly was like walking around on my face, like <gasps> literally walking across my lips and tickling me. And I was just, I was, for the most part, I think maybe once or twice I shoot it away, but I was actually trying to just be in this totally zen place with this fly. And, you know, then uh, the master started talking about insects and animals and how we relate yes. to this. And so I, I felt knew like, it. <laughs> I, I need to really hold, yeah, yeah, I need to really hold this. So, yeah, that, that was a lot of fun, and it actually felt I felt a kind of a sweetness in my connection with this little animal that was walking around on my face as I was doing the channeling. So, um, yeah, very interesting. Now, they have said that in, in the future I am going to be doing more of the kind of trance channeling where I may not even remember what's said, and I've been mm. shown visions of doing that. So that is coming but thus far, and I think it's because of uh, the kind of work that they're having me do now, which you know, I, I channel for people uh, during their readings fairly mm-hmm. often when I do phone sessions yes. and Skype sessions and, uh, and other types of, of work that I'm doing that uh, involve me having to just kind of you know, click in and channel sort of you know, spontaneously. Mm-hmm. They have trained me to be a conscious channel. So I'm, I'm always, at this point, I'm always aware of what's being said. It's more of a blending of their energies, blending with the channel of my higher self. And so, you know, you get that blend where it, you do feel the unique resonance of that being, and there are characteristics of their personalities that shine through. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I would say it happens a little more so when I can go into a deeper trance but um, I was at Weesock Festival in Mount Shasta, and they wanted us to spun, you know, spontaneously get up and do a little opening presentation on, on the first night, and I wasn't expecting that. And right. so, like, you know, a couple hours went by, and then they're like, okay, you're up, you know. And I jumped up there <laughs> and had 30 minutes, and I started talking right. and was sh- sharing a story, and then uh, Lord Buddha just walked right in. And that was the first time that I had channeled standing up so I was standing in front of an audience, and he walked right in and gave a transmission. And 
Uh, oh my! You know, that's you know, as a conscious channel, yeah. that's the kind of stuff that they have trained me to just be able to go with, so yeah. they can interact with me in a in a way that I yeah. have no resistance to it, and I'm able to just go with it. Um, and at the same time, I I don't need to be sitting down. I don't need to meditate for you know a half an hour to get into yeah. a trance state. They can just click right in and mm-hmm. say something if they need to. I was on a webcast uh, some weeks ago, and some woman asked a question. And we were doing, it was like a, a conference call, and I was about to answer the question, and suddenly St. Germain just walked right in, and he answered the question for me. And, you know, my voice and my presence changed as, you know, mm-hmm. his transmission was coming through. That's the kind of stuff that they've trained me to do. But yeah. in the future, it's, it's going to change because it'll, get um, it, it'll, it'll go deeper. And yeah. also, I will have a lot more opportunities to channel for large audiences because this, I mean, not just my work, but also, um, you know, channeling is becoming more and more mainstream. So, you know, eventually there will be, you know, quite large audiences and in many different countries that mm-hmm. will be uh, open to receive people like me coming and sharing this kind of uh, you know, really profound yeah. work. It's really happening, and I just think it's cool that um, they respect your work enough to come in and crash your party and say, okay, well, we're going to teach an entire course now. And um, I wanted to mention that um, with regard to when, when you say – uh, they walked in. Is that your uh, kind of like a key phrase for they entered your conscious awareness and started speaking through you? Yes. Okay. Usually they will guide me. They will They will say, it's like, you know, a lot of times I'll be channeling the higher self, you know, and the higher self gets what needs to happen because I'm already kind of channeling, you know, by the time something like this happens because I channel the higher self all the time. Yeah. So the higher self will say, okay, let's just be in silence for a few moments. Mm-hmm. And then usually when I hear myself say that, it's like, okay, I know something is about to happen. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it only takes like, you know, 60 seconds and then bam, there's a master inside of me speaking. So Okay. That's interesting. In in my training, the, the hard part for me, if anybody aspires to do this, the hard part for me at first, um, but he's so kind and gentle, but... Uh, I had a hard time keeping my eyes open, and he kept, it was Jesus, and he was, he was explaining, you know, you, you must keep your eyes open. I, you need to be able to do this, and keep, as you go, you'll understand why. But that was the hardest part for me, because I so wanted to just close my eyes and kind of rest into it, but you can't. You, there will be a time when you have to stand up. You'll be in front of a couple hundred people, and the next thing you know, you're saying things you didn't expect to say, things you never heard of. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, take it away. It's your show. But, um, Soriana, I want to go to commercial break. And when we come back, we have a caller on the line. So area code 337, I'll bring you on the air as soon as we come back from the break. And if I could ask, um, you had mentioned that you received uh, information about the insects. Uh, Do you remember enough to where you might share a few things about that? Yeah, sure. Okay. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back right after these messages. Don't go away, and I'll bring on our next caller. This is Namdi Asamoah. 
I play football for the Philadelphia Eagles, but what I do off the field with United Way might be more important. I'm a volunteer tutor and mentor. Why? Because over a million kids a year drop out of school, and that's not okay. It takes 12 years to create a graduate, but it takes about the same time to create a dropout. And the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be me, or it could be you. Studies show that if we get to these kids earlier, their chances are better. And kids who read well by third grade are more likely to graduate. So join me in United Way. Suit up and take the pledge. Become a volunteer reader, tutor, or mentor. Because when a child succeeds, we all succeed. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge at unitedway.org. Brought to you by United Way, the Ad Council, and the National Football League. Today, my new dad threw a barbecue. Today, my new son and I threw a barbecue. There were burgers and chicken. I burnt everything. The burgers, the chicken, the salad. Ah, they were delicious. They were awful. And then, and then we had watermelon. <laughs> I'm allergic to watermelon. And then we played catch. I broke Mr. Lewis's window. Mrs. Wakeham's window. Mrs. Wakeham's windshield. And then, somehow, my hand. My hand! <laughs> and then my dad even let me drive his car. The hospital's on the right! It was a rough day. It was a great day. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of kids in foster care will take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Hi, everyone. We're here with Sorry, I'm Michael White having an awesome discussion about our favorite topics. So, Sorry, let's take this caller. They've been waiting a few minutes, okay? Okay. All right. Area code 337, here we come. Hi, you're on Hi, the air. Do you have a question? Good. What's your name and where are you calling from? My name is Candace. I'm calling from Louisiana. Louisiana. Okay. What's your yeah. question, Candace? I want to ask um, about what the y'all pick up on my love life. Um, you know, I just wanted to know more about my love life or if you pick up a soulmate or something coming my way. Do you mean like a reading? Yeah. Do you do that, Sorion? I don't even know that my, my guest... Sorion, do you do that type of thing? Um... Yeah, I have done that on uh, live shows before. Um, it's a little uh, off topic from where we were going with this. But, yeah. Um, uh, mm-hmm. um, well, that's uh, <laughs> that's kind of an interesting thing to uh, you know to toss out there because the way that I actually approach something like this is maybe a little bit different than, you know, the typical psychic that you would have on, on a show like this because I tend to really dig deeper into a person's, um, you know, psyche mm-hmm. and, and to really take a look at, like, what they're manifesting and why and, like, a more of a full spectrum of, of what people are creating with their lives, you know. I okay. I can tell you, like, the advice that I give to people um, okay. about their loves li- love lives in, in, in a very general way, um, which is that 
you always have to, for one, look at how what you're attracting to yourself or not attracting yourself is a reflection of what's going on on the inside. You know, so the outer is a reflection of the inner. And so if you start a whole new approach to attracting love into your life, yourself and the way how loved you are to, towards yourself if you start the way you want to be treated by a partner then you're you're setting yourself up for success and there are so many different ways that we can do that and I know that a lot of people that have had bad experiences with relationships in the past uh, it, it does become a little bit easier to, to look at that and to discern where, you know, they love towards themselves by, you know, staying in that kind of an unhealthy dynamic. So, you know, the thing is, is that I would always want to look at, like, what kinds of things you attracted into your life before this point. What are you seeking to attract into your life now? And that's really the way I do these things. It's a little bit too much for, um, you know, just throwing something out on a, on a live radio program like this. But um, I can tell you, you will always move towards greater success in your love life if you focus on practicing self-love and figuring out where you need to give something to yourself to... Um, you know, really treat yourself and honor the things that are most important to you, you know, honoring your sensuality, honoring your emotions, um, honoring your physical body, and just, like I said, treating yourself the way you want to be treated. I I love your answer, Sarion, and Candice, I just want to let you know, um, we do do psychic stuff on the show. However, I have a rule against too much futuristic stuff especially with regard to relationships. And when I give readings and someone wants to know what's going on with their love life, what I do is I go to the past to figure out what's happening in the present. And, and I echo what Sarion said about, you know, look at what's manifesting. And look at the mm-hmm. beliefs and the thoughts that are in your head that are either attracting the wrong people or keeping you alone. But in either case, mm-hmm. there is work to be done within you and that is one of the reasons why we're alone so that you can work on yourself get to that point of self-love forgive what you need to forgive and then embrace because you're creating your future now and when i tell my clients when you when you're asking me tell me when my next relationship is coming in what you're really asking me is when am i going to meet somebody who will save me from myself and nobody can save you from the work you need to do because your life is all about you and the growth of your soul. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. All right. Yeah. So that's, that's a, that's a great to way of putting it, actually. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that. All right, Candace, I'm going to put you on hold so you can continue to listen, and we're going to um, pick up a couple more topics here, okay? All righty. Um, well, that was fun to explore with you. I didn't, I didn't know if you did that kind of thing, so I wanted to give you the option. But I did really love your answer. Um, back to those insects. Yes. So <laughs> I well, I've had a lot of experiences with all kinds of different animals, and I feel like sometimes in the evolutionary process that we're in, you know, with our spiritual evolution, we we go through a bit of an evolutionary process with the animal kingdom, and sometimes there's karmic balancing that occurs. So 
suppose the goal in some aspect of our evolutionary process is to attain a state of consciousness where we are like, you know, St. Francis, you know, with, you know, just in communion with all of the animals and all of nature. And, uh, you know, there's a, a way in which there's a, a link in our consciousness into these other families of consciousness where we understand each other as part of a holographic whole. You know, and animals just like walk up to you and communicate with you and give you information and um, you're able to access, you know, the, the memories of different animal species and connect in with these different threads of memory that go, you know, into the ancient earth, you know, things like that. And, and even memories can take you off planet. I've had that happen with uh, cephalopods, for example, when I've connected in with cephalopods, which are like squid and cuttlefish and octopi, um, you know, these are creatures who uh, some aspects of these creatures came from other worlds and were seeded here. A lot of the life that's here in this world was seeded here and uh-huh. brought here from other places. And so uh, when you are holding equality with the consciousness of a whole animal species, then if, if it did come from somewhere else in the galaxy, you're able to receive that and read the records of their DNA and things like that. So mm-hmm. um, I, before that happened to me, I used to eat uh, calamari. And I don't anymore because the squid spoke to me telepathically and asked me not to eat them. And so I stopped eating them. And as a result, an evolution began where I reconnected with the holographic whole of that species on this world and many others. So that also happened with uh, insects. I had that happen with spiders, where I used to have a bit of an aversion or a fear of spiders. And then I became aware that that was due to something karmic that existed between my soul and um, a whole uh, species of spiders that existed yeah. in another world that were a guardian species for that world. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and so... Uh, you know, on that other world, there were things that, um, you know, the humans did on that world that affected the species of the spiders, and there was some bad blood there, you know, and so that karma was getting worked out in the, apparently I must have had an incarnation there, which is why I brought some of that karma here to resolve, and so I had to go through a whole evolution with spiders where I transcended um, that separation and moved into equality and balance and uh, experienced the energy of spiders as a very powerful ally. Um, yeah, they're my totem. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. One of them. So had things happen with flies, for example, where mm-hmm. you know I grew up uh, swatting flies in my house, which I saw my parents doing it, and they would give me a fly swatter and say, here, go swat some flies, and you know, make sure the house is free of flies. And then one day I decided that this doesn't feel right to me and I stopped. And then sometime later I saw a fly in the house and I captured it very gently and um, took it and put it outside and really did so with love and respect and honor. And uh, that night I was contacted by a being that was like the mother of all flies. And, And this was like a gigantic being, like... Imagine standing in front of a fly 
that is, um, you know, the size of like, you know, your whole living room. Yes. And it's speaking to you and saying thank you for respecting us. Now think of how little respect flies get from human beings. And, Absolutely. And that's probably, I think I can speak for the whole planet. You know, that kind of lack of respect for flies exists everywhere. They're associated with something that is... Dirty. Um, you know, dirty and nasty and, mm-hmm. you know, we mostly have no problem killing them. So uh, when you actually show love and respect to a being like that, then what came back to me in return was this immense feeling of reconnection with a whole part of God's kingdom on earth. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah there's, I, there's I, a I, lot for us to learn from yeah. the fact that mm-hmm. we are so much larger than all of these little tiny insects. Yes. Um, you know, we, we certainly can create karma by disregarding things that are smaller than us and not treating them as equals. There are other worlds where insects are larger and, um, yes. you know, there could be beings like us there that are much smaller than those types of gigantic life forms walking around, and the roles are reversed. And so, you know, we have to be very careful and conscious of how we treat all living things, um, including the the smallest. You know, we have to treat them as if they were the same size as us or larger. And uh, we have to treat them as if we want and need their respect because they also have a say in what happens in this world. And... We're a part of them, and they're a part of us, and that's the, right. the separateness that we that we don't recognize. Um, right. But separateness just isn't between us and our Creator, us and our family, and and other human beings. But separateness from the totality of the universe. I was guided to ask you about it because when you said insects, um, I just got the a chill and the sensation like, okay, I need to ask about this and what you just said and and what we're saying now obviously, is what needed to come out. I felt that intellectually that the listeners would want to understand the symbology of the insects. I have experiences with them every day. I, have, I am blessed to live in Florida, which is the insect capital of the country. And um, just recently, I was sitting with my thoughts on my, my, uh, my Zen space, my little back patio, and had an experience with a dove, and then I had an experience with a blue damselfly, which I've never seen a blue one. But I was sitting there thinking about peace, and along came a blue damselfly. Um, there's this wasp or a yellow jacket who was so busily building a nest in my neighbor's under his carport ceiling, and he really started to get on my nerves. But then when I... I, I was concerned for my safety because he keeps buzzing around me to get some uh, water. I guess he, he uses it to build whatever he's building, his nest. And I, I wanted to get rid of him. And then when I went to do it, I couldn't. So I just kind of forgave it and just sat with him and let him, I let him do whatever he wants. And to be honest, they can crawl on me all they want. I don't, it doesn't bother me. I just don't want to get stung. I don't want to be in pain. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... Now, you originally wanted to talk about the Akashic Records. Oh, yes. You want to throw some... I don't know if we now, have a lot of time for that now. We have a few minutes, but we can throw a little bit of knowledge. And I, Because I, I like to be able to talk with someone about 
such an important topic and um, you have experience with this. I wanted the listeners, if they are curious about the Akashic Records, to know and understand what they are. And um, I want people to be very discerning in some of the information that they find. So why don't you briefly explain the Akashic Records, what they are, and how it is that you are able to access them to help others. Well, the Akashic Records are the sum total of all memory and knowledge in the universe. And uh, it, it is something that all souls were designed to be able to access, uh, you know, the knowledge and memory of creation from within ourselves. And when you realize that uh, not only were our souls designed to have access to all of that, but our bodies as well are a part of that, that there is a way in which um, the knowledge of the universe is built into our biological forms. And so we are living symbols of creation. And there is a way in which the knowledge of creation and even the superstructure of creation, uh, for example, like the sacred geometric patterns that the universe exists within, our bodies were designed to reflect those patterns in our uh, DNA and in our consciousness. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, there are lots of ways in which the memory matrix of the universe is built into who we are. And there are also lots of ways to trigger access to various forms of memory. So I've encountered so many different kinds of memory beyond, you know, what we normally uh, tend to access that you know, we literally could do a whole show just on that one subject. Um, but I'll give you an example. Um, memory, living memory can be imbued into inanimate objects. And if you take something like uh, a sacred site where you have a temple that has been built there, like the Great Pyramids. Mm-hmm. So when the, the Egyptians were... Uh, there in their most highly conscious state, they were able to imbue consciousness into the stones and they were able to uh, really channel many different forms of memory. They retrieved memories from uh, their higher selves and other aspects of our multidimensional existence in this galaxy and they brought many of those memories in through their channels and imbued them into the Great Pyramids and into the stone statues and pillars and temples and things like that so that the stones would act as like the keepers of these memories and to store them there. So kind of like having a you know, storage system, like a hard drive that uh, you know, keeps a record of, of the achievements of that civilization, which is part of the reason why these temples were built out of in these massive stones so that they would be around for a long time Mm -hmm. so that when we became more conscious again and started to remember how to access uh, living memories and living records beyond um, our own individualized framework of consciousness, that we would be drawn to places like this to retrieve memories and the memories would recognize us as being uh, incarnations of the beings who had come to retrieve them. And the stones would just start releasing their memories. So 
that's one example of how, um, you know, you've heard, probably heard about the Hall of Records. Absolutely. And, you know, the Hall of Records in ancient Egypt is just one of many halls of records and storehouses for living memories that were created and, you know, in many cases were imbued into stone. So, um, I, you know, a, a lot of experiences with uh, tapping into those kinds of things, either remotely energetically or actually mm-hmm. physically going somewhere and laying my hands on something and uh, you know, picking up memories. Right. So, uh, but, of course, nobody has to travel to anywhere special to be able to access the Akashic Records. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think that actually the best place for people to start in their exploration, if this is new to them, is with the awareness that because we are multidimensional beings, that whenever we are drawn to a person or we feel a deep connection and resonance uh, or love for another person, usually there are memories, shared memories between you and another person's soul that uh, create a a bond of love there. And so uh, exploring more deeply the emotions and the presence of that connection and then looking inwardly to the soul, to the higher self, to at least formulate an intention to remember more about the connection, that's one place where it's, I think it's easy to begin to uh, you know, cross over some of the, the veils that are currently being you know, lifted. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we'll more of our awareness of who we are as souls and how we all know each other is starting to filter into our consciousness, veils are being lifted. And so yes. it is easier now to penetrate into those levels and to connect with your own higher chakras and to read the energy of relationships and right. you know, pe- people in your life that have been sent to you to uh, trigger your own memories. So yeah, there's I, always a lot to remember and when you anytime you meet any person and and share a deep connection with them there's always a dialogue happening on multiple levels of reality. So you're sitting there having coffee and tea and on another level the greater part of your soul is also having a conversation with their soul and then your higher self is talking with their higher self about the conversation that the and then the conversation that the personalities are having and the big, big exchange happening whenever yeah. we get together with our, our soul friends and, you know, we can tap into those other levels and listen in to the exchange mm-hmm. that's happening between our higher selves. Yeah. So I think that, that's a great place to start with exploring the Akashic Records because there's always multidimensional memory involved in these connections with people. All happening at once. I like to call that when um, the experience of meeting someone for the first time, quote unquote, and feeling like you've known them all your lives. It's because you have. It's called soul recognition, and everything you said applies to the situation. However, there is one caveat I want to throw out to the listeners. Oftentimes when we feel this strong connection, and it's a, a really strong magnet to people, um, just because they're part of our soul circle uh, doesn't mean that they're meant to be in our lives for an extended period of time. It would depend upon the contract that was forged before coming to the planet. 
some people make the mistake of thinking just because they feel the strong attraction that it's meant to be a romantic relationship forever. Right. And, and they want to throw out words like soulmate, which makes my blood curdle. Um, yes, it is a soulmate, but it's not a romantic thing. It is a karmic thing, and sometimes there's a lesson where they've agreed to show up to help you maybe open your heart, but it doesn't mean that it's meant to be your partner for life. So I just want to throw that caveat out there. I've lived through it. It sucks, big time. But I don't want people thinking that this, the little sparkly lights and, oh, it's like I saw them from across the room and I knew. Uh, you better give it a little time, be patient, and, and allow it to unfold before you decide in your mind what it's supposed to be because it's very difficult to get over your disappointment when it turns out to be to have another purpose. Every alliance has the purpose, has a specific purpose. Um, I loved everything you said, Soriana, but I wanted to admit to you, uh, part of the reason I wanted to discuss the Akashic Records is because I do dream interpretation, and that will come up in my segments. And um, it's funny, you said, you know, you don't really have to travel to access them, and yet some people do, and what, they, what happens is while they're in the sleep state, they leave their bodies, of course, because you're not in your body when you're sleeping, people. Um, and I've had so many people come to me with dreams, and it got to the point where I would just start laughing because it wasn't a dream at all. They had actually found the Hall of Records on the astral plane right. and, and approached the building, and I would jump in and say, and let me guess, a man with a shock of white hair opened the door and said, what do you want? And they're like, you really are psychic. I said, no, you know, it's not that, like. That's, he's real. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, that, that's the keeper. That guy in What Dreams May Come, oh, he was nothing like the real guy, and they had to do that with creative license. But the real keeper is nasty. And I've met him, and a lot of my dreamers have. So I wanted to have a conversation I could reference to tell them, okay, that's already, that conversation already took place. Go check out our segment with Sarion, and, and we talk about it in depth so that I could kind of get to the business of explaining what the experience was about. But it's, it's amazing the number of people who actually stumble upon the Hall of Records and get to knock on the door and he answers and says, what do you want? And they tell him and then they get what they're looking for. Uh, one person, one of the most beautiful stories I heard, she uh, had just had a baby and her husband's father died when he was a child so she never got to meet him and felt this heavy heaviness in her heart that he wouldn't be able to meet his first grandson and that the grandson wouldn't know who his grandfather was so in the sleep state she leaves her body finds the akashic hole of records knocks on the door the guy comes out yells at her what do you want and she told him i i had hoped that i could meet my father-in-law and he was like what and she kind of stumped him which i thought was unusual but he brought her in and sat her down in a courtroom of all places and made her wait and grumbled on his way out the door, went and found the father-in-law and brought him, and she got to meet the father-in-law. Isn't that beautiful? Very cool. That's beautiful. Very cool. Yeah, very cool. So that will come up in, in my dream segments. It's just going to be um, a little uncomfortable, I think, to be as thorough as I want to be on a, sop on a subject and move things along, give people the answers, and get to the next caller. So this will be wonderful reference material for me, and I, I appreciate you contributing to it. Yeah, for sure. It's just so much fun talking about this stuff, and you are so insightful. And 
like I said in the beginning, the, the credibility factor is off the charts, and the authenticity is totally there. And I wish you phenomenal success. I know these courses for the School of Manifestation are going to be amazing. Yeah, I am really excited and blessed and, um, I mean, just thrilled for every moment of it. It's just a dream come true to be able to work closely with the masters on something that really comes from them. This didn't come from me. You know, they came to me and wanted to do this, and it was, you know, everything I, I could have dreamed of and more. And I'm learning so much from the experience. So if people want to get involved and experience it with me, <laughs> then uh, just come to the school of manifestation.com and the, the program for, you know, if you want to actually participate in the seven month program that starts this Sunday and do the whole bring a friend, um, then that is something that I don't have that on the, the regular registration page because normally people would go to the, the school of manifestation.com and then they would click on, School of Manifestation on the upper menu bar, and that takes you to where you can purchase the courses individually. But the place where I have the, the link posted for registering for the group is inside one of the blog posts. Uh, so you have to go maybe, uh, maybe two posts down, and it says, A New Journey with the School of Manifestation. And that is where you can um, you know, register for the seven-month program. And then the post right after that is the Defense Against the Dark Arts class, which basically announces the theme for the webcast series that's part of the seven-month program. I also have links in there to where if you want to only register for that, you can certainly do that um, you know, if you don't want to do the whole seven-month program. So either way, all the information is there in those uh, top blog posts. Um, and yeah. I look forward to hearing from more people, and I always love comments and feedback. So, Yes. And he answers no, you, too. That's how I met him. <laughs> I yeah. met you. I had an experience with someone who uh, is knowledgeable with starseeds, and I, I had an experience with an Arcturian for the first time. They, he did a healing on me of some kind, and then two other beings came in. And um, it was a very gentle first experience, and I appreciated them not scaring the bejesus out of me. Um, but then uh, she went and did a search on the Internet, found your website, sent it to me, and said, I was guided to find this. I think you need to talk to him. I said, okay. So I wrote you an email, and you responded within an hour. So he will get back to you. Trust me, I know you probably get a lot of communications, but I know you do your best to address all that you receive. I just want to clarify one thing that's in my mind, because I have in my mind the words open enrollment, which is taking place now. The course actually starts this Sunday, and the date is July 27, 2014. I want people, should they access this archive two years from now, um, to know that you can go to the website, the School of Manifestation, check the current calendar of events, because he will always have something going on, and this will continue to grow. But my question, Sariana, is open enrollment is going on now, but does it close once the program begins? No, anybody can enroll at any time, but if you want to jump in with this group, then you want to do it at the beginning. Real time, okay. You know, anybody can enroll in the courses that are already there. I'm even accepting enrollment for the one-year program that's happening right now, um, 
but I tend to think that people would want to experience the other courses first before they move on to something like this. Um, okay. But, yeah, I usually will accept, uh, you know, uh, a little bit late if they want to because there's still time for them to catch up. But, yeah, it's, it's good to, to jump in with the group, and that, that way you're getting the uh, $33 uh, tuition cost with the bring a friend, which is a super deep. That's and a great deal. About, if you're splitting the cost with somebody, that's probably about a hundred dollars less than if you had taken all three by yourself yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and not participated in this group. Yeah, um, jump on that. That's a fantastic deal, especially for the kind of information you're providing. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on and, and sharing all of your love and wisdom with us. And let me know what's going on. It's always a pleasure to have you. Yes, thank you so much. I appreciate it and look forward to it. And perhaps next time we'll dig in deeper with the subject of the Akashic Records. That would be great. And the next time you were in Florida, you had that very successful um, time that you were here. I had hoped to connect and support you in some way. I'm, I'm very good at facilitating in workshops. But next time you come to Florida, perhaps I'll be in a, um, a, an easier schedule where I can break away and come support somebody that I find so knowledgeable and genuine. Okay? Yes. Look forward to it. Alrighty. Everyone, that is our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. We do hope you enjoyed it. Go to the website, theschoolofmanifestation.com. Dig in to all the wonderful things Sarion offers the public. Until next time, God bless and be at peace.